God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. Welcome, 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 welcome to By Design. As you've heard, this is American Family Radio's presentation to point us back to God's design to not only to embrace, to become informed, but also to celebrate God's design for marriage and family. I am today your co-host, Abraham Hamilton III, and I am joined by my illustrious, very much so distracting having her in studio with me, my lovely wife, Maria Hamilton, babe. Say hi. Hello, everyone. Hey, hey. We are going to talk to you today about a topic that comes from the scripture first and foremost, uh, but this, the topic is husband as covering? What does that mean? What does that mean? That's a phrase that's often used, uh, especially in Christian circles. It's derived from the scripture, but we want to talk a little bit about what that means. We want to start the conversation by reading a scripture, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 and 26 says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. What does that mean? Marie and I wanted to talk to you a little bit because uh, as we have grown together, we continue to grow, grow together in, in marriage. We've been married now 12 years. Um, at the, as of the time of this recording, 12 years, we've been married. Five children in. That's right. <laughs> maybe more to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we'll see. Um, the Lord has really brought scriptures like this to life for us. And we just want to share a little bit of our practical experience in that, in that way, uh, in endeavoring to apply this scripture. Because uh, I think the failure to understand the scripture and even in a more broad sense, the principle from the scripture has led to a lot of people hitting difficulty, but not realizing that they were hitting difficulty when they were hitting difficulty and having these kind of almost unnoticeable slashes to the foundation of their union occurring, but not recognizing them. And then you have blow ups later on. And I'll try to explain what I'm talking about. So and, and you cut me off whenever you need to or jump in whatever you need to. It's, I'll give one example as to how this happens. <clears throat> When my wife and I first got married, between the two of us, and this is true, she's here, so nobody can accuse me of talking behind her back. <laughs> between the two of us, I was the more punctual, you know, early on. And whenever we uh, had something to do, we had an engagement, we had something, a dinner party, whatever, I was probably, uh, most likely, if we were late, it probably was because my wife was late. Am, am, am I lying on you, babe, or am I telling the truth? That's the truth. That's the truth. And you know what's interesting? I'm, as I'm listening to you say, uh, go through that story, which we've we've talked about it a lot. Um, I just give glory to God because even in our mess-ups, like God is glorified, you know, and we learn from it. So go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, and when this would happen, when this would, hap when this would happen, um, invariably we'd show up to a place uh, because of this scripture in particular— when the scripture says, husbands, you ought to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. The, the call to be a husband is a call 
to lay my life down for my wife. But not only to lay my life down for my wife, but to communicate to my wife with frequency and regularity that I am willing to lay my life down for her. But not only to convey that to her verbally, but to live in such a way to where my lifestyle communicates to my wife that at, at a moment's notice, at any given time, that when something arises, you don't have to guess whether or not Abe will step in to take that bullet for you. Right. He lives in such a way to where I know this to be the case. So I said all that to say when these things would happen and we would go somewhere, someone say, hey, Hamilton, y'all late again. I would immediately always step in to say, I'm sorry, we're late. Now, here's the thing. Behind the scenes, I know the reason why we're late is because of Maria. Mm -hmm. But my responsibility as a husband and as a covering is to make sure that I live in such a way to where my wife knows that I would never expose her to be subjected to harm, to hurt that can come in a physical form or even in a verbal form. So I would take it upon myself that I would always step up publicly to make sure that I am bearing the brunt and the responsibility for our tardiness in this particular context. So invariably when it would occur and I, and I, I developed a couple of mechanisms to respond, I would always say, I'm so sorry, we're late. Or man, you know, I'm sorry. I would always, I would never want to put my wife in a position where she has to answer for that. Because I wanted my wife to know. Because in all of these relationships, she is far more important to me than any of these other people. <laughs> so I, even though I know behind the scenes, yeah, she probably was the reason why we were late. Not problem. She was the reason why we were late. I would never want to expose her to any ridicule uh, to someone from the outside. And so... And this is, and I'll say this too. This is not a conversation that you and I had. This is not something I said. Okay, now, baby, something happens. I'm gonna I make sure yeah. that I'm gonna take the bullet. <laughs> right. This was something that I just did um, when these things would happen. Now, I want to ask you, Maria, when when these things would happen, and you noticed them because you ended up telling me later on, um, when this would happen, when we go somewhere, you know we're late, we're late, and you know it's because of you. But I would never let anybody else know it's because of you. What did that communicate and how did that impact you? Yeah, that's what I was going to. I was going to wait for you to be done so oh, I could I'm say bad. what I was going to say because um, it's just so, so funny. When people get to know us, they'll see how different we are, you know, but yeah. how, man, just submitting ourselves to the Lord, how we, he has taught us how to become one. And so that's what I was thinking when you were saying that because, you know, the Bible says that, you know, as husbands and wives, we become one. And so the what you are explaining and and just with that example about tardiness what we what we lived out not in perfection and not even like necessarily even pre-planned just to like have our little christian badges shined mm -hmm. but just in practice because we wanted to honor god and we wanted to live out what the scriptures prescribed you know um i could i knew that what you were doing was in honor and reverence for god first not so that you could gain cool points with me you know, mm -hmm. and so I knew that th that's what your motivation was. And so it, it inspired me and it led me to want to um, join you in that honoring and reverencing for God. Or is that the word? Re oh, whatever. Revering God um, it, at the way that I responded and, the, and enacted as one union. So when you're taught, when you're explaining that when you would go, we would arrive somewhere, we were late and then somebody would say, or why are you late or whatever, or just even us feeling bad for being late or whatever. Um, 
it would be a united front, mm-hmm. right? It would be we are late. And so for me, that is like the epitome of two becoming one. Mm. Because when when I mess up, we're still one. And when you mess up, we're still one. And mm. so it's it's just awesome to be able to not necessarily front in front of people because really it doesn't, it's not even about the people that were that you know, witness us being late or whatever, but it's so that God can be honored and glorified in that we can know that we want God to, uh, that we want to live up to his desire for us becoming one union, Mm. you know, and that that union is strengthened when you are willing to take the bullet for me. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And so that strengthens our relationship and it honors God. That, that, that's a vital point because it is true. Um, the, the, the call of the Christ follower is to serve the Lord and to do everything that we do heartily as unto him. So my first responsibility as being a, in being a husband in the covering is to God first, as you pointed out, which is absolutely true. And, and secondarily it is to you. And, and I I bring this point up because the responsibility to love our wives as Christ loved the church and give ourselves up for as he, as Christ gave himself up for the church. So are we as husbands to give ourselves up for our wives, what often happens, and let, let's just keep it real, right. what often happens, and, and sometimes uh, men, we don't realize we're doing this, but what often happens in those scenarios is not what we just described. What often happens is, oh, you guys are late. Why are you guys late? And this is what sometimes with, with men, how men respond. Well, you know how women are, you know. <laughs> you know, they, you know, you know, it take, you know, it take them two hours to get ready. You know, if I tell them we need to be there at seven, got to tell them to start getting ready at five. You know how women are, and unintentionally what right. that communicates in that instance is the opposite of the self-sacrificial love and demonstration that Christ requires of husbands. But what it communicates to, to our wives, unfortunately, is that, you know, when push comes to shove, I'm willing to throw you under the bus. Right. And I think, well, I think what happens is that we see marriage as a team, which is true. But I think it's incomplete because if we see marriage as the husband's uh, role and then the wife's role and they're distinct because we are different and because, yes, women could be, you know, take longer in the bathroom or whatever, getting ready. It could it communicates that we are just working alongside each other Mm. to accomplish a goal. And when the husband exposes the wife, even if it's not intentional. Right. Mm -hmm. What it communicates is that I got to fend for myself, Mm -hmm. even if it's just sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we're working together, attempting to make this marriage work. um, And we're attempting to uh, arrive at the same goal. Right. Whatever it is, raising our kids or whatever it is. Um, But really, it's just me for myself and you for yourself. And we're just going to try to make it work together mm-hmm. versus seeing the 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 oneness mm-hmm. becoming together as one united uh union i don't yeah. know how else to say it, yeah. you know but just one union um working together like truly together not just separate and then trying to trying to work together but actually coming together as With one the oneness that i am yeah you me. right and so if we're late if i'm late if i'm making us late we're late yeah you know what i'm saying and i, I mean i really not only do i appreciate that but i just see god's heart in it yeah yeah, it's God's yeah. heart. And 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 to to your point, when that occurs, and, and fellas, we gotta understand this, that we are with our own mouths undercutting the right. very intimacy that we say that we desire with our wives. Yeah. Now, listen, intimacy is not limited to physical. Get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> right. Intimacy is far more than physical intimacy and includes that, but it's not limited to that. Because when we 
conduct ourselves in such a manner to where our wives learn by our conduct repeated over time that when certain circumstances arise, that we are willing to expose our wives to ridicule, to expose them to potential subjection to harm, whether it be verbal or otherwise. What it does, it tells our wives that they are going to have to protect themselves ultimately. And so what that does is it causes them to transcend transition into a self-preservation mode to where you have a wall, whether it be ever so slight, that is erected. And as that self-preservation, that self-protectionism kicks in, it cuts against a willingness to be vulnerable to us because they've learned Now, wait a minute. I can't be completely vulnerable and free because you've shown me that if the circumstances hit just right, you will you will expose me to ridicule. And so then things go down the line. Other conversations arise and fellas sometimes like, man, I wonder I wonder why I can't get through. I want this. I feel like there are walls up. We don't even understand that sometimes we have contributed to the erection of these walls. And not even recognizing that we have offered death by a thousand cuts to our own marriage by our own mouths. Now, you know how women are. We get with the fellas. All kinds of things are said and shared. You know, I don't know why they're like this. And not realizing that we've undercut our mandate from Christ to be Christ-like in our covering of our wives. The reality is the call to headship in the family as a husband is a call to be a servant leader. Yeah, I think that's the that's difficult, you know, because our sin nature says, don't let nobody run over you, right? And especially as a man. And so, you know, men carry this thing where they demand respect, um, but are not willing to to live in such a way where it is easy for, not easy, but it, it, it comes, uh, I guess it does come easier for the wife to respect that, that role and that, that person, the, the husband, um, because they're they're first and foremost wanting to honor God, but also they are willing to be humble mm-hmm. and to understand what it means to lead by example, mm-hmm. right? And that's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. See, and this is it blows our minds when we consider Jesus being humble, right? Because this is God, the Creator of all things, the great ultimate being, subjects Himself to the cross, mm-hmm. and so that's the example that we all are called to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a husband, being the covering. It is yes, you're the leader, and you are to be, uh, you know, respected and followed. But man, if if, I, if the husband understands how to lay his life down in this way, then it get, it's easier for the wife to say, "Man, I'm with you." And that's that's that that is that that's really good. And I, I'll give an even more practical example. You remember when we met? Um, you and I we worked in downtown Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. and so we had to pay to park, and you know we didn't want to have to pay the big time. Closed parking garage fees, so we parked a ways off, so we parked in the cheap seats. Yeah. And we had to walk quite a ways uh, to our office when we worked together. Um, And I would intentionally put my body physically uh, between you and the street, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's something, you know, I train our boys to do the same thing uh, just as a physical gesture to say, because, you know, some of y'all may not know this, but I have a scar on the side of my head. When I was uh, seven years old, I got hit by a car, you know, and I was, wasn't violating any traffic laws. I was on the, you know, riding my bike on the sidewalk, and the car jumped the sidewalk and, and struck me. And so that's an experience that I've had. And so I always physically put my body between you and the street just as a physical overture that if, if a car for whatever, something happens, I want the car to hit me before it would hit you. And, and, and I want to continuously emphasize that the, the responsibility of conducting ourselves to live in such a way 
to where our, we convey repeatedly that we're willing to lay our lives down for our wives is something that, that should be communicated not just with words. And, you know, from the wife's perspective, when we see that in action, our, our, our flesh, especially in, the, in light of the feminism that we're living in, um, says, man, you don't need no man to protect you. You're good. Mm. Like, man, I, I got me. Right. And we fight against the very thing that God has placed in our lives for a blessing and a covering. We fight against that. And then we don't even realize why we don't have intimacy and why we're dealing with difficulties within our marriage. Man, it is something to embrace as wives. Mm. It is something to embrace because it it's not that we are um, incapable of protecting ourselves. But, man, we don't have to. We don't have to walk around with our swords out all the time and our and our own defenses up like, you know, we we have for those of us who are married, praise, you know, praise God for that blessing. We have a husband who is willing, willing to come along alongside us and cover us and and protect us. I think that is such a blessing that we that we shouldn't fight against. So the the opportunity for husbands to serve as protectors and, and coverings for our wives, it's not speaking necessarily to an inherent deficiency exactly. in our wives. It's speaking to actually an opportunity yeah. um, for us to thrive in union and, and functioning together. So here's the thing. So that's not the end of the story. And this is something that, that just, I didn't know this would be the response, you know, because it's just what it was when we got married. I was more punctual. You know, I didn't necessarily think it would change or wasn't planning for it to change anything yeah. like, like that. Um, but what I found is that the more these things happened and my wife knows and knew then how much I valued punctuality because I think respecting people includes respecting their time. And mm-hmm. so when people invite you into their space, uh, you don't want to abuse their time. Something amazing happened that there was a transition in our preparation to where if we were late, it wasn't going to be real resp- your fault anymore. Things changed to where you started being more punctual and getting up earlier and preparing more. Uh, how did, if if it did, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, you tell us if it did, but how did the your, your, your knowing that I wasn't going to throw you under the bus, I wasn't going to expose you uh, if we were late, how did that impact you and how did you get to the place where it ended up actually changing to where... Now we're at the place if we're late, it's probably my fault, not yours. <laughs> you know how um, the the I think people would uh, assume that it was like an intentional decision that I said, you know what, I need to make sure, man, he's laying his life down for me. I need to make sure I, you know, do my part or whatever so that we won't be late. Man, it wasn't even that. I didn't even think that. I just thought, like as time progressed and we became and our intimacy was so solidified even more so because of the different things that you did and and me growing in the Lord and everything I wanted to I wanted to honor God and if we are late I don't want us to be late mm. right so how about we just are not late <laughs> like that's it I just I didn't want to be late I didn't want and and I hear me I didn't say I don't want us to be late because of my fault I just don't want us to be late can we just not be late? And so if because if if we are late, it doesn't matter the reason. It could be I mean now it could be the kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. The reality is let's just not be late. Let's mm-hmm. honor God because and let's value people's time mm-hmm. and respect them. And we're not perfect, but that's what it was. It wasn't like, oh, Abe is so good to me, I must be good to him. Mm-hmm. Man, it was Lord, help me to honor you with my time. Let me re- help me be to be more responsible with my time. Help me to manage it better. You know, it's just kind of growing in that way. Did you feel um, any pressure 
from me oh, yeah, in no. order to make any adjustments? Did you, I mean, I kind of know some, I kind of, I know the answer to these things, mm. right? <laughs> but I'm just asking you for the sake of conversation. We're yeah. just letting people into a little <laughs> glimpse inside of, inside of Hamiltonium. Yeah. Did you feel pressure from me to make any adjustments or this, was this something that purely was the product of your own volition, your own will in making it adjustments. Yeah, no, I didn't feel any pressure. The The reality is that, and of course, you know, many people know, you get to know your spouse and you get to know his strengths and weaknesses and you clearly see your own, I hope, strengths and weakness, weaknesses. And so, no, I never felt any pressure. It was more so um, wanting to grow, like mm-hmm. as a person, you know, and wanting to make sure God was glorified with my character. Mm. And so, and I think, and I've seen you live, grow that way too. Mm. So it's just both of us growing together, wanting to make sure that our characters match Christ's, again, not in perfection, but just really wanting to, you know, really wanting to honor God. And, and our desires were that. Mm. And I think that's how we, and again, we're late sometimes still, you know, but it's just wanting to make sure that our um, that our character matches his. What, what? would you say or how would you describe um your emotional response to this whole phenomenon because you know when we get married nobody well i won't say nobody but you know we got married with with the greatest expectations greatest hope the greatest um things and this is this is one of the things that we encountered very very early on in our marriage um emotionally how did it impact you when you realized by experience, like you can have an idea in your head, but when you realize by experience, you know, Abe's gonna hold me down no matter what. Yeah, he's gonna hold me down. Yeah, I just, um, I just have seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it actually. I don't know if you remember. Maybe we can tell the story later. But um, for, since before we were married, in the in the way that you would respond to like issues I had and difficulties that I had experienced growing up or whatever, and so as we are. Grow. Our goal is never like, I just want to have a perfect marriage. Mm-hmm. My goal and our goal has always been, I just want God to be glorified Amen. with me and with us and with what he's called us to. I mean, he does, he's, he's worthy of that. So I just saw, I just saw you live out the scriptures as best as you could in whatever circumstances that life threw, it, threw us into, you know. Um, and, it, and it encouraged me to want to glorify God even more so. Mm. Um just there's so many examples we could go through. I mean, you know, and and your your heart and 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 desire to want to embrace your role as a covering mm. encouraged me to want to uh, honor God and mm. and and see the blessing that it was to be covered. Mm. You know. So let let's do this. I mean, Mark, this is gonna this is gonna be a this is gonna be a part two to this because because yes. this, this is some good stuff. Um, I think it may be helpful if we do talk through some of those things. If yeah, you, 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 I think we should, yeah. Yeah, to talk <laughs> through some of deal. these things because I'll say this. I want to ask this question first, and then I want to go into some of the more um, details of the the stories that we the, – the the real experiences that we lived through. Um, when you just you just said the, the blessing of being covered, mm-hmm. if you were – Asked, asked, because I'm asking you to describe the blessing. How do you view? What is the blessing of being covered in your view, from your perspective? 
our, our, the, our, the chief man of mankind is to honor God. The chief man of mankind? Chief, chief man, chief man. <laughs> chief uh, end. Sorry. Y'all, y'all need to know. Abe is the wordsmith. I'm not, all right? That's why I'm not on the radio. That's why I don't have a microphone on, in front of me all the time. Um, but the chief end of mankind, the main purpose that we're placed on this earth, man, is to honor him and glorify him. And so that means transformation. That means growing in character. That means asking the Holy Spirit to transform us. And so that's that's what been my desire. I just That's what I want, want to do. And so the... The covering communicates to me that I'm not alone in this journey. Mm. Like, I'm not trying to figure this out on my own. In your journey, journey to glorify the Lord? Yeah, in my oh, journey to glorify wow. God. I just want—I am so blessed, so blessed to be married to you and to have—and to and to see you honor God in your role because that that's specifically for—that part is specifically for husbands, right, that we mm. just read in the Word. And so— you have wanted to embrace that so much so, not so that, again, not so that I can be happy, right? Because the whole idea of happy wife, happy life or whatever, that's ridiculous. We want to live out the scriptures. So you, your desire to want to honor God and how you have fully uh, tried to embrace your role as a covering encourages me. And I see the blessing in that that helps me to be more like Christ. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. I do. It's, silly. it's amazing. So... What are we about? About three minutes left in this recording. Maybe we'll start it. So when you were no, say, leave a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like it might end up that way. <laughs> so when you were saying earlier that this is something that the the tardiness is something that we experienced um, together early on in in our marriage, and and you said these are things uh, that there are other instances as well that communicated. Similar, the similar idea that that I that I won't that I I am here for you. I mean, the, the Bible even talks about the covering uh, reality of how how love covers. You know, right? Um, what are what are one of the experiences we shared together that you want to go into? Yeah. So, man, <laughs> I want to talk about the water one in New Orleans. You remember that? Mm. I think that's a good one because here's here's what has happened, and I'm not going to go into it right now all in detail, but. What, what has, what has happened is what has happened is that uh, we have realized. Now, of course, when we get married at first. We're like, yes, it's going to be great. Like, Abe is great. He's wonderful. Yes, it's going to be great. And it's, it's true, but life happens. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And things happen. And we both are very different. I think that's something that maybe people don't know. <laughs> um, you said it a couple times. So I think they might be yeah, catching I think, on. Yeah, I think I need it. to say it again. We are so different. Um <laughs> Just in every, in a lot of different ways, but one major way is um, our our cultural backgrounds and our exposure before coming together as one are drastically different, mm-hmm. and so um, and uh, and and are it seems like your strengths are my weaknesses and my weaknesses are your strengths. Is that is that right? Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, but we complement each other well, and so it works very well. And but, vice versa. My that's right. My weaknesses. Yeah, whatever. I mean. You're strong in areas where I'm weak. Yeah. And I'm strong in areas where you yeah, yeah, yeah. So understanding that, but not allowing those weaknesses to become a reason why we badger each other, mm. seeing how the Lord has allowed for circumstances to not only expose those, but then help us to glorify him in those differences has been awesome. And I think we can go into that story next time because I think that'll show us. So our weaknesses don't have to be impediments to our oneness. You know, we've talked right. before about there's a oneness that occurs the matrimonial union and there's also the process of becoming growing yeah our weak differences can be either impediments 
or there can be aids in that one that's coming into fruition, mm -hmm. but it depends upon how we perceive them and whether or not we're willing to yield all of them to the Lordship of Jesus Christ yeah. and the leadership of Holy Spirit. Yeah. Oh, I want to go. <laughs> I guess you guys have to stick around for next time. My wife already gave you the lead in. We're going to talk about the water. <laughs> Wait in the water. The water experience that we had in New Orleans. Stay tuned. We'll co cover that in our next episode.